Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Ram Goldhar and here Masechus Ksubis Daf Ramad Zayin, the third parak Ilan the Aros. The Zichud Masechus Ksubis program has been generously sponsored as a schus for Hakazachas Atoyer. So the three topics we're going to focus on: number one, the Gemara challenges that the source for Kamli by the Rabbi Minei that one is only high of the greater of two penalties is from the parsha that discusses when two men quarrel and they accidentally hit a pregnant woman and she miscarries. And there is no fatality; he shall be punished. Rashi explains if there had been a fatality, he would not be punished with a monetary penalty. But we have a different source in the Parsha Makus, which states, Kedevisha so, in accordance to his wickedness. You may only be Machayv a person with one act of wickedness, not two, referring to two penalties at once. The Gemara answers that one Pasuk teaches it regarding the death penalty and monetary payment, and the other teaches it regarding Makus and monetary payment, and both are needed. If the Torah had only taught Kamli by the Rabbi Minei with Misa and money, I would think it's because there is Ibn Neshama, loss of life. Rashi explains that since it's so severe, one penalty is enough. But when there is no loss of life, then two penalties should be given. And if it was only taught regarding Malkus and money, it's because the transgression is not Hamur, and therefore one penalty suffices. But with Misa and money, since the transgression is Hamur, it would not be enough for the transgressor to only have one penalty. Pointing to the Gemara brings the Pasuk, You shall not take atonement money for the life of a murderer, to teach that one does not take money from him to pardon him from execution. And it brings a second Pasuk to teach that one does not take atonement money for one who must flee to a near Miklat, a refuge city, and explains that both Pasukim are necessary. One for a person who kills B'Shogeg, and one for a person who kills B'Mezid. For if the Torah had only taught it for one who kills B'mezid, I may think that he cannot redeem his punishment with money because the transgression is Hamur. But in the case of one who kills B'shogeg, perhaps the Torah did not prevent him from redeeming his punishment with money. And if the Torah had only taught it for one who kills B'shogeg, I might think it's because there's no Ibn Neshama, loss of life. But for one who kills B'mezid, where there is a loss of life for the killer, I might think the Torah does not prevent him from redeeming his punishment with atonement money. And pointing three, Hassan Abraham, and nine will mumasim besayim shuhuminat zavar. From where do we know with regard to those executed with a sword that it's from the neck? The Torah states at the conclusion of the parsha of Agla Rufa, the decapitated calf, and you shall purge the spillers of innocent blood from your midst. There's a hekash of spillers of blood to the Agla Rufa. Just as there the death is from the neck, so too by all spillers of blood, the death is by the neck. When the Gemara said, if we're comparing the execution of a murderer to the Egla Rufa, Malaham Bekofitz Umamo Oref, Afkan Bekofitz Umamo Oref. Just as there the calf is killed with an axe, and from the back of the neck, here too the murderer should be executed with an axe, and from the back of the neck. Rav Nachman answered the name of Rabbi Baravu, the Pasik states, Kamocha, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself, which teaches, Baruho Misa Yafa, choose for him a favorable death. Rashi explains a sword and the cutting of the trachea and esophagus caused a quicker death. So once again, the three points are number one. The more challenges that the source, for Kamli by the Rabbi Minei, that one is only high of the greater of two penalties, is from the partial that discusses when two men quarrel and they accidentally hit a pregnant woman and she miscarries. And there is no fatality, he shall be punished. Rashi explains if there had been a fatality, he would not be punished with a monetary penalty. But we have a different source in the Parsha Makus, which states, Kedevisha so, in accordance to his wickedness. You may only be Machayv a person with one act of wickedness, not two, referring to two penalties at once. The Gemara answers that one Pasuk teaches it regarding the death penalty and monetary payment, and the other teaches it regarding Malkas and monetary payment, and both are needed. 
If the Torah had only taught Kamei B'derabim Yinei with Misa and money, I would think it's because there is Ibn Neshama, loss of life. Rashi explains that since it's so severe, one penalty is enough. But when there is no loss of life, then two penalties should be given. And if it was only taught regarding Malkus and money, it's because the transgression is not Hamur, and therefore one penalty suffices. But with Misa and money, since the transgression is Hamur, it would not be enough for the transgressor to only have one penalty. Pointing to the Gemara brings the Pasuk, You shall not take atonement money for the life of a murderer, to teach that one does not take money from him to pardon him from execution. And it brings a second Pasuk to teach that one does not take atonement money for one who must flee to a near Miklat, a refuge city, and explains that both Pasukim are necessary. One for a person who kills Beshogeg, and one for a person who kills Bemezid. For if the Torah had only taught it for one who kills Bemezid, I may think that he cannot redeem his punishment with money because the transgression is Hamur. But in the case of one who kills Beshogeg, perhaps the Torah did not prevent him from redeeming his punishment with money. And if the Torah had only taught it for one who kills Beshogeg, I might think it's because there's no Ibn Neshama, loss of life. But for one who kills Bemezid, where there is a loss of life for the killer, I might think the Torah does not prevent him from redeeming his punishment with atonement money. And point number three, From where do we know with regard to those executed with a sword that it's from the neck? The Torah states at the conclusion of the Parsha of Agla Rufa, the decapitated calf, And you shall purge the spillers of innocent blood from your midst. There's a hackish of spillers of blood to the Agla Rufa. Just as there the death is from the neck, so too by all spillers of blood, the death is by the neck. When the Gemara said, if we're comparing the execution of a murderer to the Eglah Rufa, Malaham Bekofitz Umamo Oref, Afkan Bekofitz Umamo Oref. Just as there the calf is killed with an axe, and from the back of the neck, here too the murderer should be executed with an axe, and from the back of the neck. Rav Nachman answered the name of Rabbi Baravu, the Pasuk states, Kamocha, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself, which teaches, Baruch Misa Yafa, choose for him a favorable death. Rashi explains a sword and the cutting of the trachea and esophagus cause a quicker death. All right, so now we go to our Simmer Daf Lamed Zayin, and our standard simon is laser tag. Laser tag. So here goes. The referees at the fierce Kamei B'derabim in a laser tag tournament between one Chayv Misa and another Chayv Malkus, who refuse to take atonement money for murderers facing execution or heading to the Ari Miklat, declared the one who zapped his opponent in the neck the victor, since he chose Amisa Yafet. Once again in slow motion. The referees at the fierce Kamle Bidrabimine laser tag tournament laser tag, that must mean we're on Daf Lamad Zion. The referees at the fierce Kamle Bidrabimine laser tag tournament between one Chayv Misa and another Chayv Malkas, which reminds us, the more explains why there are two sources for the principle of Kamle Bidrabimine, one for Chayv Misa and the other for Chayv Malkas. So the referees at the fierce Kamli B'derabimine laser tag tournament between one Chayv Misa and another Chayv Malkus, who refused to take atonement money for murderers facing execution, which reminds us, the Gemara explains why it was necessary to teach that a murderer Mamezid can't give Kofra atonement money to redeem his life, and also to teach separately that one who kills Bishogig and sent to an Ir Miklat can't give Kofra and redeem his life. So the referees at the Kamli B'derabimine laser tag tournament between one Chai Misa and another Chai Malkus, who refused to take atonement money for murderers facing execution or heading to the Ari Miklat, declared the one who zapped his opponent in the neck the victor, since he chose 
Amisa Yafa, which reminds us, the Gemara explains that those executed with Saif are executed with a sword to the neck, and that it's learned from the Parsha of Egla Rufa, but we don't learn from that Parsha that it's with an axe, and at the back of the neck, because we learn from the Pasuk of Vahaftel Recha Kamocha, that we must choose Amisa Yafa, a more favorable death. So once again, the referees at the fierce Kamli Badarabi Mine laser tag tournament between one Chai Misa and another Chai Malkus, who refused to take atonement money for murderers facing execution or heading to the Ari Miklat, declared the one who zapped his opponent in the neck the victor, since he chose Amisa Yafa. All right, now it's time for Forboa Bachazara. Daflam Gimel, so the simmer Daflam Gimel is a peg leg pirate. So here goes. The peg leg pirate, peg leg pirate, that must be more Daf Lamed Gimel. The peg-leg pirate who was agitated because he couldn't give Asra to the Adim Zomamim, which reminds us, Belazar says the Adim Zomamim pay money and do not receive malkas, because they're not subject to receiving warning before they commit their transgression. Rush explains, we do not subject someone to a physical punishment if they have not been warned. Rava clarifies why they can't give Asra to them a day or an hour before they testify, or right before they testify, or right after they testify. So the peg-leg pirate who was agitated because he couldn't give us raw to the Adam Zomamim became livid when they laughed off his lashes warning because it was less severe than death, which reminds us when Rav Shishabrei Rav Edi brings a source that a chobobachavera, one who wounds another pays money and does not receive malkas, he mentions the rule, one who is warned for a severe matter is considered warned for a lighter matter. For example, if someone was warned at striking and killing someone, would result in the death penalty, he's considered warned that striking and wounding his opponent would subject him to lashes. So the peg-leg pirate who was agitated because he couldn't give Hasra to the Aim Zomamim became livid when they laughed off his lashes warning because it was less severe than death. And then one ran off and stole his pirate sheep and had his friend Shachta on Shabbos. Which reminds us where Mer says that one who steals an ox or sheep and Shachta on Shabbos pays four or five times even though he also gets the death penalty. The Gemara explains that the Bryce is dealing with the case of Botaveach al Yedeacher. It was shechted through another person. Rava clarifies that even though we hold ain't shaliach devaravera, there's no shaliach for a transgression. In this case, the Torah states, Utavachu macharu, and shechs it or sells it. Just as the thief is chayv when he brings about the sale by involving another person, referring to a buyer, so too is chayv when the shechting is through another person. Daflamadal, so the simmer Daflamadal is a ladder. So here goes. The person who cooked B'mezid on Shabbos was placing the dish forbidden to all on top of a ladder. A ladder? That must be warned off. Lamadalit. The person who cooked B'mezid on Shabbos was placing the dish forbidden to all on top of a ladder, which reminds us it was taught in Nebraisa. If one cooked on Shabbos, going to Rebbe if it was done B'shogeg, he may eat what he cooked, but if it was done B'mezid, he may not eat it. Rebbe Yudah says, B'shogeg, he may eat it mostly Shabbos, B'mezid, he may never eat the food, but Rashi explains, others may eat it. Rabbi Yochanan Sandler says, Bashogeg, the food may be eaten by others after Shabbos, but not by him. But Mezid, the food may never be eaten by anyone. The more brings the psukim for Rabbi Yochanan Sandler's opinion. So the person who cooked Bamezid on Shabbos was placing the dish forbidden to all on top of a ladder when he accidentally dropped it on the head of a thief who stole a shor nisko from a shomer's house, which reminds us. The Gemara asked how Rebbe Meir could rule that a thief who steals in shechs a shor nisko, a nox condemned to be stolen, could be chayv, the four or five times payment. It's not the animal of the original owner they shechting, since the moment it's condemned, it becomes asr bahana. 
Rabbi Aaron said that we're dealing here with a case in which the ox had been given to a shomer, and then it killed a person that was condemned to death while in his custody, and then the thief stole it from the shomer's house. Rabbi Meir holds even after the verdict is reached, if the shomer returns the animal to its owner, it's considered return. He also holds something that can cause a benefit of money is considered as money. Even though the animal's asabahana is considered, so to speak, owned by the shomer, since it causes him a benefit that he does not have to pay for damages when he returns it to the owner. Therefore, the thief has stolen the animal from the shomer and must pay four or five times to the shomer. So the person who cooked bamezid on Shabbos was placing the dish forbidden to all on top of a ladder when he accidentally dropped it on the head of a thief who stole a shower niskal from a shomer's house and was shechting it himself on Shabbos, making mechaiv and misa and to pay four or five times. Which reminds us, Robert brings an alternative explanation for how Rebimir holds that a thief can be chayim four or five times a payment when the animal is shechted on Shabbos. Actually, you can say the cases where the thief shechts the animal himself and not through a shaliach. And you can still say that Rebimir generally holds that one can get malkas and pay for the same transgression, but he does not hold he can be chayim misa and payment at the same time. But this case is different. The Chiddush was Shechidsh the Torah B'Knas, for it's a Chiddush the Torah was Mechadish with a Knas, Afagav the Mikdom Misham, that even though he's executed, he still pays the fine. Dathramet Hay, so the similar Dathramet Hay is a children's choir singing La La La. So here goes. The children's choir director, children's choir, that must be more on Dath Lamet Hay, La La La. The children's choir director, who inadvertently struck a man and a cow with his baton, which reminds us, it was taught in the Bryce in the base midrash of Chizkia. The Torah makes a comparison between the psukim Maka Adam and Maka Behema. One who strikes a man who is executed and does not pay damages, and one who strikes an animal who always pays damages. From here we learn that just as one who strikes an animal, you do not distinguish whether he did a Bishogeg or Bemezud or whether he had Kavana to strike this animal or didn't have Kavana, he's always Chayv to pay. So too, when it comes to striking a man and all these distinctions just mentioned, the Torah is not coming to Machayim to pay in any of these cases, rather it's coming to exempt him from paying in all these cases. So the children's choir director, who inadvertently struck a man and a cow with his baton, just as the choir was singing the Russia Russia chorus line of their song that compared Malkus to Misa, which reminds us, when Ravin came from Eretz Israel to Babel, he reported that Yochan and Rich Lakish disagreed, Bechayvi Malkus Shogeging Bedavra Acher, with regard to those who did a transgression Bishogeg, that when done Bemezid, is Chai Malkus, and is also Chai a monetary payment at the same time. Rishonkish says he's pater, beferish, rips the Torah, bechaivi malkios, kachaivi misus. But the Torah explicitly included those chaiv from malkos in the exemption from payment, just like those chaiv, the death penalty. When the Gemara asks whether the Torah includes this law, Abai said it's derived from the Gezer Shava of Russia, Russia. So the children's choir director, who inadvertently struck a man and a cow with his baton, just as the choir was singing the Russia, Russia chorus line of their song that compared Malkus to Misa, was shocked to see a sign on the animal that read, you will always be high of a payment if you strike me on a weekday, which reminds us that Gemara explains how the ton of the base minister of Chizkiel, who made the comparison of Maka Adam and Maka Behema, presumed the case is where he struck the animal on a weekday and not on Shabbos, when one can distinguish between an act on Bishogeg and one dumb amazing. Da'afalamad Vav, so the simra Da'afalamad Vav is a lulav. So here goes. The Choresh is holding a lulav, a lulav. That must be one Da'af Lamad Vav. The Choresh is holding a lulav with a sign on it that said, please speak up on my behalf regarding a Tanis Basulim, which reminds us, the Gemara explains that the ton of a Bryce that taught that a Choresh and a Shota cannot have a claim of Tanis Basulim brought against them is Rabbi Gamliel, for just as he believes a woman who said that she was violated after receiving her Kedushin so that she doesn't lose her Ksuba, so too here in the case of the Choresh and the Shota, she doesn't lose her Ksuba, for we would say that if she had been mentally competent, she would claim that she was violated after Kedushin. 
When the Gemara asks if one actually heard that this was Rabbi Gamliel's position, when the woman herself does not make the claim, it answers that it's based on the principle of psach pichal open your mouth on behalf of the mute, which means one should speak up on behalf of those who cannot do so for themselves. So the Haresh is holding a lul with a sign on it that said, please speak up on my behalf regarding Atanas Basulim. Didn't hear the crash when the blind girl using a lul as a cane fell down and struck the ground, which reminds us it was stated in Abraisa. Sumcha says in the name of Rabbi Meir, Sume Basulim. A blind woman cannot have brought against her Atanas Basulim because a blind girl is likely to fall and strike the ground, which would cause her to lose her down Basulim. Since she doesn't see that she's bleeding, she doesn't show her mother. So the Haresh is holding a lul with a sign on on it that said, please speak up on my behalf regarding Atanas Basulim. Didn't hear the crash when the blind girl using a lulav as a cane fell down and struck the ground after tripping over a freed captive woman who was sitting eating truma while counting her kanas. Which reminds the Gemara explains that Rabbi Yehuda who says that a Shvuya who is ransomed is still in her state of purity even if she's old meaning older than the three and she doesn't lose her right to receiving a kanas is not necessarily saying the same thing as Rabbi Dosu who holds Shvuya Ochelis Petruma a former captive woman who's a Baskolan is permitted to eat Truma. They might have different reasons for being lenient. Alright now it's time to conclude our 10 question pop quiz. Number one. Which definitely learned that Rabbi Yehuda's reason for permitting a captive woman to receive a kanas may not be the same reason as Rabbi Dosa's for permitting her to eat truma. That's on Duff. Muhammad Vav. Good. Number two. Which definitely learned that a thief who steals in Shechsa Shor Niskal could be high four or five times when the thief steals it from the Shomer's house? That's on Duff. Muhammad Dawad. Good. Number three. Which definitely learned that times Basulim cannot be brought against a blind woman since she tends to fall and lose her Basulim? That's on Duff. Muhammad Vav. Good number four. Which stuff do we learn? Side from Egla Rufo and that it's done in the front of the neck because it's a Misa Yafet. That's on Duff. Muhammad Zayn. Good number five. Which stuff do we learn that Abai learns from the Gezer Shava of Russia, Russia, that the Torah explicitly included those high from Malkus in the exemption from payment, just like those who are high Misa. That's on Duff. Muhammad Hay. Good number six. Which of the one why it's necessary to teach that Kofar, a tome of money, cannot be given by those who murder Bemezid or Bishogig? That's on Duff. Lamed Zayin. Good number seven. Which of the learned Musla Dabra Hamur, Rabbi Musla Dabra Kal? One warned for a severe matter is considered warned for a less severe matter. That's on Duff. Lamed Gimel. Good number eight. Which of the learned the difference in the cases of stealing Chalav and eating it and shooting an arrow of Dalad Amos through a silk? That's on Duff. Lamanov. Good number nine. Which stuff you learn why two sources were brought for Kamali with the Rabbimine, one for Chaive Misa and one for Chaive Malkas. That's on Duff. Lamadzan. Good number ten. Which stuff you learn that the thief is high for stealing a person dragging it into Rishus Rabbim because he held his other hand low to take it and hands are considered like a Rishus of Dawad by Dawad Tfachim. That's on Duff. Lamanov. Excellent. That concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ramgotham Zirchushin. A great day and great learning.